Thanks so much for listening to the V1 Church podcast today. This is Mike Signorelli, the co-lead pastor of V1. I want to tell you, your feelings lie. Have you ever felt eight different emotions in 30 seconds? Doesn't mean you're crazy. It just means that you're human. I mean, come on, we live in a crazy world. This message is going to help you have a healthy soul. And I just jumped into it today. So if you feel like your emotions are the only thing holding you back from the next level and a break, through. This is a must listen for you. Stick around all the way to the end. I have a special message for you on the other side of this podcast. Without further ado, this is part three of The Healthy Soul. Come on. I do think that this is one of the most important things that you can learn right now. Please listen to me or I will, I will listen. Just because I got two cameras on me right now doesn't mean I will leave this stage and go sit next to you so that you can get what God's got. I will preach this sitting next to you. Say I won't. Sam, somebody who just wants to smell me is like, you won't do it. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I discern that spirit is off. <laughs> All right, so we're going to jump into our text, and we're going to be looking at two chapters of the Bible. So I'm going deep today. I mean, it, we're going to look at 16 scriptures across two chapters, and we're going to specifically look at Psalms 42 and Psalm 43. So whether your Bible glows and you can put it in airplane motion at V1 Church, that was corny, right? Um, put it in airplane mode so the devil stops sending you net notifications. So your ex, your ex stops texting you during service, haven't heard from them in years, and now they're like, what, what are you up to, boo? You're like, I'm learning how to cast you out of my life right now. I'm about to get deliverance. Sometimes you have to, in order to get deliverance, you don't just cast demons out. Sometimes you got to cast people out of your life. You know what I'm saying? Every life has a good bowel movement, too. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that felt good. What was that? That was a relationship that's gone forever. <laughs> Welcome to Healthy Soul Part 3. I missed you, Long Island. But I heard that my wife killed it last week. Man, I married up. Where are you at, Julie? I can't see all eyes, but she, man, I re-listened to that podcast and we both preached the same message across locations. And I was like, hers is making the podcast, not mine, because she slayed it. Um, but while you're opening to Psalm 42 and 43, I want to, can I just, I have to be vulnerable and tell you a little bit about my journey to be married. Are there any married people in the house? Oh, snaps. And they are happy to be married. Anyone here single, but looking. All right. Their spirits are broken. Spirits are broken. <laughs> they just said a silent, yeah, amen. Um, but I'll tell you this journey that my wife and I were on for years. So I'm not the cliche of your stereotypical male where I'm like, I grunt and fart and that's the only language I have and I don't like to talk. I'm actually the opposite. I really like, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but <laughs> I really like deep conversations. I really like, like, let's explore each other's soul. You know, I'm that person. And when we first started seeing each other, we really built our relationship off of long extended conversations because we were 200 miles apart. So I got into this thing thinking that she could facilitate my need for deep existential conversation. And then in our early days of being married, I would go to talk to her while we're driving in the car. I'm like, hey, Jules, what's going on? And she'd be like, uh. And she was like the stereotypical male, and then she farted, you know. Um, 
But it's my stage today to say whatever I want. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But she would she would be like kind of, uh, you know, just this weird. And I'm like, man, this is not the premise by which we got married, because, you know, physical is great. But everyone, as you get older, you all shrink into the same human. You know what I mean? I mean, go to old folks home. They're all the same human. It's like every woman shrinks down to the same height. So whether you're six foot six or five one, you're all going to end up four two, you know, and you're going to perm your hair into a curly perm. And like, that's it. You know, all men, you know, you shrink into this basically the same dude. You know what I mean? So if, if you're getting married on the basis of a physical attraction, well, you that's a ticking time bomb on how long that's going to last you. They might as well have a personality. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, man, I married her on the premise that she has this awesome personality. And now I often don't see it anymore because she didn't want to talk to me. And then that would start another argument. You ever have, if you've been in a relationship for longer than five minutes, you know what I'm talking about? Where the argument, the argument turns into another argument that turns into another argument. And then you look back and you're like, I don't even know why I just hate you. And I've got a lot of reasons now. I can't even. And so that's what it would. I'd be like, why don't you want to talk to me? I, I don't know. I just don't want to talk. And then I'd be like, all right, fine, you know, are you cheating on me? And she's like, are you stupid? I still don't want to talk. And then it would be like, all right, cool, what, I'm not interested in you anymore? You know, and then that would start. And then five arguments later, we're just, so here's what I learned after 10 years. One day we were driving in the car. This is Psalm 42 and 43. I'm going deep today. And I had this epiphany. And I said, wait a second. I, I think after all these years of marriage counseling, I figured it out. And I turned into a Taco Bell drive through And I'll never forget, I ordered her a Nacho Bell Grande. And 36 seconds into eating that thing, she started going, hey, what you want to talk about? What's up? What's up? How you doing? Hey. And like retransformed into that woman I dated. And then I realized my entire marriage existence was predicated on how much food I feed my wife. You hear all these women celebrating men? You better level up. They're hungry. And I'm not kidding. It was she it was her blood sugar. And yeah, it was So here's my point number 1 because we're talking about a healthy soul, right? We're talking about a healthy soul today. Are you really going to trust a biological system that's fueled by Taco Bell to make major life decisions? Are you really, are you feeling, let me, let's just talk about this. Let's talk about this. You make decisions based out of your feelings and your feelings can be manipulated by Doritos. Do you hear me preaching truth right now? I will drop this mic on somebody's face right now. You are making major life decisions based on feelings and I can manipulate your system with a Cinnabon. You really think that that's the right thing to be making decisions out of? Man, the title of this sermon, for those of you who are paying attention, is sicko mode. Are you stuck in sicko mode? Some of you are stuck in sicko mode. And you know why I like Psalms chapter 42 and 43 together? Can I give you some theology right now? So the book of Psalms is a collection of songs written by multiple authors, or you could say artists, right? The number two song in the nation right now, for those of you who are younger than 21 years old, is actually entitled Sicko Mode. 
And the song, when you listen to it, is, is five minutes long, and, it, and you probably shouldn't listen to it. That's a side note. <laughs> I'm just saying, it is explicit, and if you have children or you are saved and sanctified, you might want to not listen to it. Um, if you're just saved, though, you know, rock that thing loud. Um, <laughs> Because I definitely heard it at 2.30 a.m. outside my window in Queens. And I was like, there's my sermon in motion, sicko mode. But this song, Sicko Mode, because they say art imitates life and life imitates art, is actually a frenetic song that actually changes the entire mood of the song multiple times during the five-minute duration. It's the number two song in the nation right now. You know what that tells me? We're all sick. We're all frenetic. We're all, all over the place. We have emotional highs and emotional lows. And some of us feel like we just si simply cannot even control it. And what I love so much about Psalms 42 and 43 is uh, they're very unique for me because uh, oftentimes I have been called Johnny Cash, the man in black. So if you don't know sicko mode, maybe you know ring of fire. Don't make me sing it. But I found incredible encouragement in Psalm 42 and Psalm 43 as I've navigated my own emotional up and down. You want to know why? Because there's actually 16 scriptures, you could say stanzas, right, that, that actually have eight different emotions that happen in 16 scriptures. Eight. Have you ever had eight different emotions in five minutes? You ever you ever see a couple go through that in public where you're like, you can actually watch the stages in motion. First, it's it's anger. Then it's grief. Then it's this. And then then they're making out five minutes later. And you're like, wow, that was a wild ride. I don't even know their names, but I went on that ride with them. That is Psalm 42 and Psalm 43. It's 16 verses and eight different changes in emotion. You know, there's these incredible highs and lows that we all go on. I think it's getting worse. Um, Psalm chapter 42, verse 5 says this. Uh, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Why? Why are you so troubled within me? You know, I, I guess for me, I feel a lot of guilt as I continue to grow in, in my own walk with Christ and as a person, because I look back at how many times I freaked out at Julie. Matter of fact, my Kia is over 10 years old, and I'm just going to be honest with you. There is a, a knuckle imprint on the Kia emblem where I punched the steering wheel one time because I could not figure out why I couldn't communicate to my wife. You know, I, I'm just being real. Like, why is she not understanding? I have an English degree. I communicate in front of people for a living. I don't think anyone would say it's an intelligence issue. I definitely speak fluent English because I have a degree in it. And, and yet I cannot make a point to my own wife. And then my brain told me, you know what will fix this? Punch the steering wheel. That was the pre-Taco Bell face. <laughs> Finally, I think it was the Holy Spirit who said, you better feed that girl. And then I realized that I was trying to, to solve a problem on an emotional, intellectual level that was just biological. She was just hungry, and it was literally a lot dumber than I thought it was. What if your problem is simpler than you think it is? What if your problem <laughs> is simpler than you think it is, but your emotions have convinced you that it's more complex? This is, this is what Psalm, see, here's what happens. 
Psalm chapter 42 verse says, why? Now the artist, the psalmist knows he's in sicko mode. He knows that he's experiencing multiple emotions at the same time, but he does something. And this is the reason why it's scripture and, and what you say isn't scripture. Because he didn't just listen to himself. He started talking to himself. And, and really most of our problems are that we spend entirely too much time listening to ourselves and not enough time talking to ourselves. So look what he says. Why are you cast down, Mike Signorelli? Why are you feeling this way, Mike Signorelli? Why are you so sad right now, Mike Signorelli? Why is there so much turmoil within you? Is it you're hungry? Here's another one. Is it you need more sleep? What if your problem is sleep deprivation and you made it your wife? What if your problem is sleep deprivation and you're blaming your boss? What, I, let's just start with the natural. I got a face mask and I wear a face mask to sleep now because I, I'm trying to do, I put my iPhone on that setting that actually when sun up and sun goes down, it changes the colors of my screen to uh, emulate the sun so that I don't change the, the chemical hormonal response in my body. Let's just start with the natural. I started working out. You feel better. Your body releases endorphins. It's kind of like God's system to tell me, tell you, do it again. You know, endorphins are God's way of saying, do it again. And then if you do it too much, that's called an addiction. <laughs> you know, but let's start with that. And this psalmist asked this question, why are you so troubled? Like, what, what is really going on? Um, maybe you're asking yourself this question today. I want to say this. Questions are not a bad thing. God's not intimidated by your questions. Your pastors aren't intimidated by your questions. You know, maybe you're asking a lot of questions today. Maybe you came in and you're asking yourself the question, what is my purpose in life? Why am I even here? Why am I still sucking oxygen on planet Earth and God's allowing it? I mean, there's, there's got to be something else. Maybe you're struggling today because you're an empty nester and you found and you put all of your identity and in your purpose in being a mother and now your kids are gone and you don't feel that you have an identity anymore. I mean, maybe you graduated from college and you put so much of your identity into being a student. And then once you got that piece of paper that hand, was handed to you by the Wizard of Oz, after you got on the other side, you're like, now what do I do? And you, you find people that become perpetual students because their identity is in being a pupil. Unfortunately, most of school doesn't prepare us to lead. It just prepares us to sit. You know how I know that? Because I try to raise up leaders for a living and we don't really even want you to mobilize that information we gave you at the public educational system. We often just want you to stay seated for longer so we can make more money off that institution. I'm not hating on it. I mean, I, I was the change that I saw needed to be made as a teacher for six years. But my point is, are you confused because you put your identity in being something and now that season has passed? And that's why the gospel is simply this. You are a son you are a daughter when you receive Christ. That will last you forever. See, I'm a preacher right now. What happens when I lose my voice? I lose my identity? You know what I'm saying? I used to be a worship leader. They don't schedule me to lead worship at this church. So what happens when I don't sing a song? I lose my identity. And I think that this psalmist was onto something when he said, 
what is going on inside of me? Like, and, and, and why is my soul cast down? Like, what am I putting my identity in? I mean, who am I really? And then, and, and I, I love scripture so much because God saw it fit that in the middle of this book, the book that was going to guide humanity, the book that was going to be a light, a lamp unto your feet, the book that was going to literally become the best selling book of all time, unmatched by any other book. And right in the middle of it was Psalm 42 and 43. He puts this gritty, emotional story, this human story about somebody who's feeling so many feelings at the same time that they've got to put the brakes on and say this, why are you cast down and ask themselves some questions? Isn't that amazing? Talk to yourself. Somebody tell your neighbor, talk to yourself. It's okay. Talk to yourself. You know, put your hope in God. Psalm 42, verse 5 says this. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation. Put my hope in God. There is no God and there is no meaning. That's choice one. Or there is a God and all of a sudden he is watching you and he cares about the things of your life more than you do. You know, one of the biggest signs of somebody who's all over the place emotionally is they simply do not believe in God. It's a form of atheism to be emotionally all over the place because oftentimes the source of that frenetic emotional energy is just believing that you are God. And then when you think that, when you have that sudden realization that we all have, when you're like, okay, God doesn't exist, I'm God, but I'm really bad at being God, that's when your life starts falling, falling apart. But this psalmist gives the answer, says, let's just read it again. We're taking a microscopic look at this. Why are you cast down? So he talked to himself. He didn't just listen to himself. You know, it's okay to look in the mirror and say, shut up to yourself. Do you know, it's okay to look yourself in the mirror and say, shut up. You will live and not die. Mike Signorelli. It's okay to talk to yourself. Why are you cast down on my soul? And this says, why are you in turmoil within me? Then it says this, it's a command. You know, it's okay to command yourself. You know, the first step to leadership is lead yourself. You know, God is never going to put you in charge of the thousands until you learn how to lead the one. And you know who the one is? It ain't the person you're annoyed with in your circles. It's not your husband. It's not your wife. It's not your mom. It's not your dad. It's you. You will never lead a million until you learn how to lead one. And you know how you do it? First, question yourself. And then number two, command yourself. Hope in God. For I shall again praise him, my salvation. There's just two choices. Either he doesn't exist and you're God and you're a bad God. Or number two, he does exist and he cares about you. And whatever you're going through, his eyes are on you and he's watching you. And there's 16 verses and nine profound questions across two chapters. This person was asking every, this artist was asking every single question to get out of sicko mode. I want to challenge you. The only true stability that I ever had in life is when I recognize that I'm not God, but he is. And I'm going to hope in him. I'm going to hope in him. Let me ask you a question, strivers. Do you think that all of Israel combined could erode their boat hard enough to part the Red Sea? There are some things that God will reserve for your advancement into the next season of your life that only he can do.
And I, I, I'm, I'm telling you this, if you don't start putting your hope in God, you're never going to get there because you're going to take too much credit from him. But sometimes you got to get to a point where you say, command yourself, hope in God, Mike Signorelli, hope in God, hope in God. Somebody say hope in God. Look yourself in the mirror and say that last thing. I'm going to close it out now. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Somebody say, my God. My salvation and my God. You know what he's saying? This thing is personal. See, some of you have had a stained glass window experience. Some of you went to the conference. Some of you bought tickets to a conference you're getting ready to go to. Some of you have read all of the religious language and the things that you had to read in parochial school. And you've been through the motions of it. But this psalmist, this artist, this, this person who was also stuck in sicko mode, this person who needed a little bit more than Taco Bell, they said, my salvation and my God, this thing has got to be personal. I guess my question to you today is how personal is your relationship with God? Because he's okay with your questions. I guess, you know, I guess he's even okay with you yelling at him a little bit because at least he's got you talking to him. See, pain will do one of two things. It'll push you away from God or it'll make your relationship with him more personal. Pain will, will, will do something where you just say, God, I'm so mad at you. Why did you allow my mom to die? God, I'm so mad at you. Why was I raised in systemic racism and poverty? Why was I raised in a country where there's a tilted table? God, I'm mad. God, I'm mad at you. Why did I find love in all the wrong places? God, I'm mad at you. Why did it take so long for Mike and Julie to get here for V1 Church? I'm just saying, some people say that to God. <laughs> but, but sometimes even in those yelling matches with God, you'll start to pound and, and, and hit him and he'll draw you in and put his arms around you and he'll just begin to love on you and he'll say, you know I didn't do that, right? You know that I actually sent my son Jesus so that you could be healed, delivered, set free. You know that I've got a purpose and a plan for your life, right? You, you know that I, I may have known it was going to happen to you, but I have a plan that's so good that I'm going to take what the enemy meant for harm and turn it around for your good, right? You know, and, and I think some of you need to hear that that pain in your life has a purpose too. Come on. If you're in sicko mode, who wants to get free with me today? You know, why don't you stand to your feet so we can close this out? If you thought this sermon was good, you can stick around because I got 15 minutes more content I'm going to preach next service. <laughs> you can hang out in the overflow auditorium. Your pain has a purpose. You know that word salvation in Psalm 42, verse 5 and 8? You know what it translates? In the original language, it means countenance. You are my salvation and you are my God. You know what the artist was saying? Your eyes are on me. There's 7 billion people on planet Earth, but your eyes are on me. And some of you need to know there's this old song. It says his eyes are on the sparrow and I know that he's watching me. He's not distant. He's not far away. He's not foreign. But his eyes, his countenance, he's looking at you. His eyes are on you. But guess what? He's given you dominion and he's given you power to do it. 
And he doesn't even want to step in and do it for you. He actually wants to empower you so you can do it. His eyes are on you. I want to close out with this before we pray it out. Maybe you don't feel God today. You're going to go through what's considered left-hand experiences of God. See, Jesus ascended to heaven, and the Bible gives a description that he's seated at the right hand of the Father. The right hand in Scripture is always an indication of a place of power and authority. To be seated at the right hand of someone is to be the heir apparent to their authority and their power. And do you know that there are going to be times in your Christian walk where you are at the right hand of God? It's literally like his thunder, his power. It's like you gave him the offering and then miraculously your bank account went up without any explanation. You're like, it works, right? The Christian lottery. You know, it's like everything's going to work. The the doors are going to open everywhere and promotion's going to happen and your team's going to grow and your business is going to explode. And that's a right hand experience with God. But then there's this thing God does where he will occasionally slip you into the left hand experience and it's quiet and it's veiled and it's methodical. And some would even say it's a cocoon. It's dark. See, that place breeds a lot of insecurity in people or it transforms them into what they're truly destined to be. Maybe you're in a cocoon today and you don't feel anything, but see, all metamorphosis is precluded by a cocoon. And if you're going to go through the change that God has for you, it's going to be dark. It's going to, it's even, I imagine inside of a cocoon, it's hard to hear. It's muffled. Have you ever gone through a season where it feels like God just stopped talking to you? I mean, I've been in seasons where I felt, man, like I don't, am I borderline prophetic psychic? I mean, I'm, I feel like I got my antenna up and I'm reading everyone's mail. I have seasons where people are afraid to be around me because it was like open heaven. And then I've gone through seasons where I'm like, God, This week I went through that, preparing this message. I'm like, Lord, you have to make an object lesson out of this? I went to my wife and I said this. I had this pastor's meeting in Manhattan and I just didn't even want to go. I don't even like pastors sometimes. Can I just be real? I feel stuff, you know? Some of you don't realize this because you've seen me at this stage in the journey, but I am more emotional than most of you in this room. My wife will tell you, I've just learned that my emotions are liars. I'm never going to base how I make the next step in my life off of something that's fueled by Oreos. It's not a good metric for what I should do next. And my wife told me, and I, you know, I guess this, this pastor's meeting where pastors all over New York City and uh, the Northeast, and they have multi-site churches and sustained success. And I just felt kind of like, I always feel like I'm not that I didn't go to cemetery. I mean, seminary. And 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 I, I, I just don't fit into those circles most of the time. And I was like, I just don't even want to go and hear that stuff today. And my wife looked at me and she was like, you got something to bring to, babe. You're a man of God. And I was just feeling emo and she encouraged me and this scripture came to mind and somebody needs this scripture today. First John chapter three, verse 20 in the ESV says this, for whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. See, the world will tell you that your heart is your compass. The Bible says that God is greater than your heart. So when your heart starts to lead you down the wrong path, God says, 
I'm greater. Would you come to me? Somebody needed to hear this word. First John 3:20. I needed to hear it. God is greater than your heart might go to. And I went to that meeting and ended up being the best thing for me. And I had judged all those pastors wrong. And in their moments of vulnerability, they shared their struggles with how hard it is to be a pastor in this region and, and all that. And I was like, wow, God, this was a divine appointment. But my feelings almost caused me to miss it. Maybe your feelings have told you not to go to church. God is greater than your heart. Maybe your feelings have told you that you're never going to accomplish your destiny. You know what? God is greater than your feelings. Maybe your feelings have told you that you're never going to have kids. Well, guess what? God is greater than your feelings. Maybe your feelings have told you that you're never going to find the right person. Well, guess what? God is greater than your heart. Maybe your feelings have told you that your ministry is never going to get up off the ground. Well, guess what? God is greater than your feelings. I mean, maybe your feelings have told you that you are never going to accomplish all of it. Maybe a portion of it and mediocrity is going to be what you have and you obtain well guess what god is greater than your heart oh i can guarantee you that you are already feeling better after listening to god's word the bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god so i believe that your faith has been increased but here is the special message many of you may not know that we are doing a healthy soul challenge throughout the entire month of november and so by going to uh, facebook and hitting up v1 church or our instagram which is v1 church you can follow along and i guarantee you that if every single day you're faithful to do these healthy soul challenges you are going to see a difference in your life. So where you at podcast family, why don't you help us out? Rank this podcast. I think it's worth five stars. Share it with your friend and I'll see you next week.